Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Soul to Soul. I'm Rabbi Ari Kibben. Great to be with you here this afternoon. And now we are in the post-Pesach period. And of course, we know that after Pesach, which commemorates God emancipating our ancestors from their bondage in Egypt, and at the end of Pesach, we celebrated the splitting of the sea on the seventh day. And now we are, so to say, symbolic of the Jews wandering in the wilderness in the desert. And in fact, we counted the Omer, like they were counting down to the receiving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. We do the very same now when we count the Omer every single day. So how did the Jews survive all those years in the wilderness and the desert? Well, that's the topic I want to talk about today because, of course, the people got worried and they complained, they lamented, and ultimately there was a plan, a solution. It reminds me of the good old joke about Yankel who can't sleep. So he's pacing back and forth. He's all stressed at home. He owes a lot of money to his friend, to his neighbor. And his wife says, what are you so worried about? He says, I don't have the money to pay back. She says, you don't worry. She picks up the phone. She calls up the person he owes the money to. She says, remember the money my husband owes you? Well, you're not getting it. He looks at her. He says, what did you do? She says, why should you worry? Let him worry. Now you can go back to sleep. All jokes aside, unfortunately, sometimes we do have people like that. But the idea of worry. A lot of people are worried now. And hopefully at this stage in our lives, we've learned that worrying about things isn't all that helpful. And it's not to say that an easy it's an easy thing to avoid. But when we're faced with a challenge or uncertainty, worrying is not likely to solve all of our problems. Other than the fact that worrying a lot could be a tremendous waste of time and our resources, the Torah actually demands that we strive to be worry-free, even in very difficult, trying, turbulent circumstances as perhaps we find ourselves in these very days. So today I want to explore the mechanics of faith and trust in God, why it's important, why it's so important to maintain them, and how it could actually help us be a little happier, and it could lead to being more successful, and overall well-being, which is important. Of course, how to keep that trust going at all times. And that's why I think that if you look at what did God offer the Jews during those 40 years of journeying, which wasn't supposed to be 40 years, they were now going to Mount Sinai, they're going to get the Torah, they were going to continue on to the Holy Land. But what did God provide for their needs? God gave them the manna. In fact, we know that last Shabbos, many people baked a special challah called Shlissel challah, key challah, because it's about going into the wilderness and finding that key to success, realizing that God will sustain us, God will provide for all of our needs. And so if we look at our ancestors who found themselves in the middle of the vast wilderness, far from any vegetation or civilization, and they had a real dilemma, well, how are they going to feed all these people? There's nothing to eat but sand. And I think that's a really good cause to worry. But we know that God provided for all their needs. Not only did God provide for the needs, but there's very specific instructions in the Torah. And if you go back to that portion of Bashalach, you see there, it's a very classic case of God will provide. Millions of Jews standing in the desert, no way to feed themselves. And God says, don't worry. 
I have my ways. And that, the truth is, is a message and lesson to us always. Of course, God helps those who help themselves. But we need that faith. We need that emuna to really believe that God will provide. And I think the story of the manna really serves as a foundation for the Jewish people and all generations to put our faith, our trust in God. Our people have been in dire straits before. But God pulled them through. And we could be sure that God will pull us through whatever challenges we face in our lives during these difficult times. We just have to look at the biblical stories because the stories are not as Bible indicates, implies history, but it's also our story. It also is a message and a lesson for us in life. And so the theme of faith is so relevant to that story of our ancestors' journey in all those years in the desert that God's instruction to them was every single day, the verse says, that God will provide for their needs for each and every single day. And the Torah tells us that we're not allowed to gather extra man to store in the refrigerator overnight. And if somebody would try to do so, we know that they would wake up in the morning and find that it all had rotted. It would be fraught. The Jews in the desert were required to have that complete faith in God that the new manna would fall tomorrow, they would have their needs. But it doesn't end there. And you'll have to excuse that I got a little young lady walking into the studio here right now. It's my beautiful daughter. She's actually, it's her birthday today. Michali's birthday. Happy birthday, young lady. So I think actually children really bring us into that moment. Although the door was locked, she made her way in. But they restore a little bit of that faith and realizing our trust in God. And I think there's a very important message. Number one was we had to keep our faith, our trust in Hashem, that God would provide for our needs. And that's why you could only collect for that day. The next day it wouldn't last. But the other message was that on Fridays they were to collect double mana because nothing was going to come on Shabbos. So during the week you had a phenomenon that anything extra would rock. Whereas on Fridays, anything that was left over actually had to be left over. It was intentional. It was necessary. And the Torah tells us that specifically. Now the question is, why? That's a good question that's oftentimes asked. Why is that? And we'll be right back and address that discussion. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. And we're back. Welcome back to Salt to Salam, Rabbi Ari Kiedman. And sorry for that little disruption a moment ago. The beauty of having wonderful children in our life, certainly a blessing from God. So we were talking about the interesting phenomenon where the manna that God provided the Jews in the wilderness, that on the one hand, if during the week they collected extra, it would not last to the next day. Whereas on Friday, they were specifically instructed by God to collect extra because they were not to collect on Shabbos. And therefore, it did last. Now, of course, we have to realize this is something we actually recall in our prayers. Every uh, People actually read about the, the story of the manna every day to remind us that, about our reliance on God. And that's why 
in fact, God's instruction then was that they should, that Moshe should actually save a little bit of it that would be preserved in the future. It was actually kept inside the Ark of the Covenant that we would always know. So this is something that is part of our collective psyche, our reliance on God to provide for all of our needs. And here, this is a very interesting phenomenon. In fact, we recall it with our laws of Shabbos even today. So one of the greatest challenges that people face in today's day and age, especially during these times of the coronavirus, is how do we provide for our families? How are we going to feed everyone? I mean, there's costs involved and people aren't making it to work. How are we going to pay our bills? How are we coping with all of the challenges of these days, not even to mention dealing with retirement and as a rabbi who deals with the elderly in the community, I could tell you that there are many, many real challenges people are facing. So at the very beginning of our nation's inception, God sent us the manna. And with it was a message to us for all of time. And that is, relax, trust me, God says. The Jewish people in the desert went to bed with an empty fridge at night but with hearts full of trust, and that's the message to us. In fact, in the book, in the work Chavos Alavavos, The Duties of the Heart, written, authored by Rabbi Bachia Ibn Pekuda, in the section called Shar Habitachon, the, the section discussing faith specifically, he says the essence of trust in God is when a person has the serenity and confidence that God will do what's good and proper for them regarding any given matter. God will provide. So the truth of the matter is that trust in God doesn't only apply for our daily sustenance, but to all matters of life, even in dangerous situations. The Torah commands Jewish soldiers who are going out to battle that they shouldn't be frightened of the war. Rather, they have to place their faith in God. That's in Deuteronomy. We discussed this in the portion where it says, When you go out, firstly, the verse is already assuring us our defeat, our, our strength, that you will defeat the enemy, because it says, You'll be on top of the enemy. But very clearly there, God instructs us that one person, a person should not have fear. And Rabbi Yonah of Gerona, a very famous commentator, those attending our, shul, our, our Perky Avot lessons, we discuss, we learn with his commentary. And he says, that if a person is in a state of peril, they have to realize God's salvation, as long as you feel it in your heart, that's what you have to rely on. And as they say, no atheists in a foxhole. So the question is, how can we be sure? Because, yeah, we're told we gotta trust and have faith in Hashem, but the truth of the matter is we have real problems. So if we have to pay our bills, how do we, we have to have that trust that we'll be able to pay it. If we feel that our safety is at risk, the Torah is saying we should trust that God will protect us. But what would be the basis for that trust? Trust is something we place in an, in an individual when we have reason to believe that they're going to act in a certain way. We trust uh, the pilot of our plane, that they're going to bring us safely to our destination. Because the pilot has those skills and the motivation to do so. Right? We trust that our parents will do the best for their children because we can assume that they, our parents love us and therefore will do the very best for us. After all, they are our parents. 
But when it comes to trusting God, can we really apply that kind of trust? Now obviously God is infinite, God is unlimited, and God could do whatever He chooses. So it's certainly reasonable to, to, to feel that God is able to help us, that we don't have to worry because God could help us pay our bills. But could we really simply assume that God will do that? Yeah, since when does God have to do our bidding? And not the other way around. If God determines that we'll have enough money, then we will. If not, then we won't. So what room is there for that absolute certainty that God will do as we wish, as we want? And especially if a person is really being truly honest with themselves. And if we examine and consider our character, our actions, and we realize that perhaps I don't necessarily, I won't speak for you, I'm talking for me, that maybe I don't truly deserve to be whatever I'm expecting in my life. And perhaps an absolutely righteous person who's free of sin could be certain that they are deserving of a positive outcome. But me? How can an average person indeed be certain to the point of not worrying at all that God will deliver the positive outcome that they expect, that God will give us everything we need. Now, truly, all that God has to do is a simple background check and discover <laughs> enough reasons why I don't deserve all the things I want. So how can I be sure that God will provide? And so as we explore the story of the manna that fell from heaven, and it teaches us that we have to actually rely on heaven, on God, for all of our needs. Our job is to keep calm, not to worry, realize God will take care of us, God will provide. The question is, how can we be certain that everything is going to work out to our liking when it's God actually who determines how things are going to be? And if we really truly are honest with ourselves and the question then is, do we really deserve it? So we're going to take some time now to discuss some ways of understanding what exactly is the nature of our trust in God and how we can actually achieve real, true, bitachon, faith and trust in Hashem. And perhaps we have to understand what faith really is. Because we're working on the assumption that faith in God, by definition, means confidence that everything will be well. That everything is going to be exactly how we want and how we perceive it should be. But some scholars actually suggest that that's not the correct approach of trust and faith in Hashem. And what happens if things don't work out the way we want and expect them to? That's it, we lost our faith and trust. So... It is more about being calm, actually. And if we understand that being calm doesn't mean it's going to work out the way we want it to be. But to realize that when the going gets rough, we should remember that there's a big boss in the world who has a grand master plan. And whether or not we will like that plan is irrelevant. We should be comforted with the knowledge that God is good. And God desires the best for us. And therefore, whatever God wants and does is for the best. And if we can have that type of a conviction, 
whatever situations we're facing, then we're in a much better place to appreciate and understand that everything God does indeed is for the good. You probably know a famous story of Rabbi Akiva, because the faith that he demonstrated, it, it doesn't mean that everything is going to be my way, but God is not bound to do my bidding. God might have another plan. But it does say that even if things don't go my way, they're still going the right way, the way that God determined. And we'll be right back and we'll discuss the story of Rabbi Akiva and the message and lesson we could glean from that. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. And we're back. Welcome back to Salt to Salam Abhari Keatman. And sorry for that little disruption a moment ago. The beauty of having wonderful children in our life, certainly a blessing from God. So we were talking about the interesting phenomenon where the manna that God provided the Jews in the wilderness, that on the one hand, if during the week they collected extra, it would not last to the next day. Whereas on Friday, they were specifically instructed by God to collect extra because they were not to collect on Shabbos. And therefore, it did last. Now, of course, we have to realize this is something we actually recall in our prayers. Every you know, People actually read about the, the story of the manna every day to remind us that, about our reliance on God. And that's why, in fact, God's instruction then was that they should that Moshe should actually save a little bit of it that would be preserved in the future. It was actually kept inside the Ark of the Covenant that we would always know. So this is something that is part of our collective psyche, our reliance on God to provide for all of our needs. And here, this is a very interesting phenomenon. In fact, we recall it with our laws of Shabbos even today. So one of the greatest challenges that people face in today's day and age, especially during these times of the coronavirus, is how do we provide for our families? How are we going to feed everyone? I mean, there's costs involved and people aren't making it to work. How are we going to pay our bills? How are we coping with all of the challenges of these days, not even to mention dealing with retirement and as a rabbi who deals with the elderly in the community, I could tell you that there are many, many real challenges people are facing. So at the very beginning of our nation's inception, God sent us the manna. And with it was a message to us for all of time. And that is, relax, trust me, God says. The Jewish people in the desert went to bed with an empty fridge at night, but with hearts full of trust. And that's the message to us. In fact, in the book, in the work Chavos Alavavos, the Duties of the Heart, written, authored by Rabbi Bachia ibn Pekuda, in the section called Shar Habitachon, the, the section discussing faith specifically, he says the essence of trust in God is when a person has the serenity and confidence that God will do what's good and proper for them regarding any given matter. God will provide. So the truth of the matter is that trust in God doesn't only apply for our daily sustenance, but to all matters of life, even in dangerous situations. The Torah commands Jewish soldiers who are going out to battle 
that they shouldn't be frightened of the war. Rather, they have to place their faith in God. That's in Deuteronomy. We discussed this in the portion where it says, When you go out, firstly, the verse is already assuring us our defeat, our, our strength, that you will defeat the enemy. Because it says, You'll be on top of the enemy. But very clearly there, God instructs us that one pers- a person should not have fear. And Rabbi Yonah of Gerona, a very famous commentator, those attending our, shul, our, our Perky Avod lessons, we discuss, we learn with his commentary. And he says that if a person is in a state of peril, they have to realize God's salvation, as long as you feel it in your heart, that's what you have to rely on. And as they say, no atheists in a foxhole. So the question is, how can we be sure? Because, yeah, we're told we've got to tra- trust and have faith in Hashem. But the truth of the matter is we have real problems. So if we have to pay our bills, how do we, we have to have that trust that we'll be able to pay it? If we feel that our safety is at risk, the Torah is saying we should trust that God will protect us. But what would be the basis for that trust? Trust is something we place in an, in an individual when we have reason to believe that they're going to act in a certain way. We trust uh, the pilot of our plane, that they're going to bring us safely to our destination. Because the pilot has those skills and the motivation to do so. Right? We trust that our parents will do the best for their children because we can assume that they, our parents love us and therefore will do the very best for us. After all, they are our parents. But when it comes to trust in God, can we really apply that kind of trust? Now, obviously, God is infinite. God is unlimited, and God could do whatever He chooses. So, it's certainly reasonable to, to to feel that God is able to help us. That we don't have to worry because God could help us pay our bills. But could we really simply assume that God will do that? Yeah. Since when does God have to do our bidding, and not the other way around? If God determines that we'll have enough money, then we will. If not, then we won't. So what room is there for that absolute certainty that God will do as we wish, as we want? And especially if a person is really being truly honest with themselves. And if we examine and consider our character, our actions, and we realize that perhaps I don't necessarily, I won't speak for you, I'm talking for me, that maybe I don't truly deserve to be whatever I'm expecting in my life. And perhaps an absolutely righteous person who's free of sin could be certain that they are deserving of a positive outcome. But me? How can an average person indeed be certain to the point of not worrying at all that God will deliver the positive outcome that they expect, that God will give us everything we need? Now, truly, all that God has to do is a simple background check and discover <laughs> enough reasons why I don't deserve all the things I want. So how can I be sure that God will provide? And so as we explore the story of the manna that fell from heaven, and it teaches us that we have to actually rely on heaven, on God, for all of our needs. Our job is to keep calm, not to worry, realize God will take care of us, God will provide The question is, how can we be certain? 
that everything is going to work out to our liking when it's God actually who determines how things are going to be. And if we really truly are honest with ourselves, and the question then is, do we really deserve it? So we're going to take some time now to discuss some ways of understanding what exactly is the nature of our trust in God and how we can actually achieve real true bitachon, faith and trust in Hashem. And perhaps we have to understand what faith really is. Because we, we're working on the assumption that faith in God, by definition, means confidence that everything will be well. That everything is going to be exactly how we want and how we perceive it should be. But some scholars actually suggest that that's not the correct approach of trust and faith in Hashem. And what happens if things don't work out the way we want and expect them to? That's it, we lost our faith and trust. So, it is more about being calm, actually. And if we understand that being calm doesn't mean it's going to work out the way we want it to be. But to realize that when the going gets rough, we should remember that there's a big boss in the world who has a grand master plan. And whether or not we will like that plan is irrelevant. We should be comforted with the knowledge that God is good. And God desires the best for us. And therefore, whatever God wants and does is for the best. And if we can have that type of a conviction, whatever situations we're facing, that we're in a much better place to appreciate and understand that everything God does indeed is for the good. You probably know a famous story of Rabbi Akiva. Because the faith that he demonstrated, it, it doesn't mean that everything is going to be my way. But God is not bound to do my bidding. God might have another plan. But it does say that even if things don't go my way, they're still going the right way, the way that God determined. And we'll be right back and we'll discuss the story of Rabbi Akiva. And the message and lesson we could glean from that. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. And welcome back to Soul to Salam Rabbi Keep And we've been talking here today about our faith, our trust in God. And we said that the simple meaning of trust is our absolute certainty and reliance that God will carry us through whatever challenges and difficulties we're going through in the best possible way, plain and simple. And when we find that certainty deep down in our hearts, God's kindness, God's compassion is awakened and we become fit, deserving to receive the very best blessings, even if we might not be so perfect ourselves. And therefore, when we face any difficulty, we have to rise above the rules of reason and nature, and we have to rely with simple trust and faith that God will pull us out of it. Such strong trust is reason enough for God to do the best for us. I want to share with you a little story. You see, there was a Hasidic couple who were married for a number of years, and they weren't blessed with a child, unfortunately. They went from doctor to doctor, but no success. 
from a medical perspective, it just didn't seem realistic. Nothing could be done. And finally, they decided to visit their Rebbe, their teacher, for a bracha, for a blessing for a child. The Rebbe heard their plea and gave them a blessing. The Rebbe said to them, and within a year, please God, they're going to have a newborn child. The greatest joy celebration in their life. A year later, could you believe it? They had a bris for the baby boy. They were so, people were so delighted to hear the great news. And they all went to this Rebbe of theirs and they told him how his bracha's blessing was fulfilled and this couple had a baby after years of fertility problems and this child was born in a miraculous fashion. And the Rebbe looked at them and said, let me tell you something, the truth. It was not my blessing that brought about the miracle, but rather it was the faith of these parents. Once I gave them a blessing, and we all have the power and ability to give a blessing to people, but they believed the blessing. They were so sure that it would be fulfilled that when they left the rabbi's office, they actually went straight to the shop to buy a cot, a bassinet. They went and started preparing the child's room. That simple faith in God was what opened up the fountains for blessing in their life. And I'd just like to share that idea in the current situation, that if we can maintain our faith, our trust in Almighty, then everything will work out well. Everything will be for the very, very best, because this is the Jewish way. And so whatever challenges you're facing at these difficult times, my blessing to you, to every one of us, is to just keep our trust, our faith, that everything God does will be good. Not only will it be good in God's eyes, but we too will be able to sense and appreciate that good in our own lives.